Hey, this is Dave Ryder from Cullamunda Church of Christ. Really praying this podcast blesses you. If you'd like to hear more of our story, how about you go to our webpage, cullamunda.church. Beginning of a, a season, we might say this starts the beginning of a new chapter. The old chapter is gone. This is a new chapter. We even say things like, oh, I'm turning over a new page. Or we might come to this beginning of something and say, it's a blank page or it's a blank slate. And you get the opportunity to write something new. Well, as January 2021 is upon us right now, we are certainly at a brand new chapter with a brand new sheet. And um, I really believe as I was praying, and you just need to know, like I know a lot of us are in holiday mode. I'm not. I've been going through. So if I'm still like up there, forgive me. But as I've been praying for the church and thinking and and just sort of just before God, there are three things that I really, really feel that God has pressed upon me to actually communicate and to actually declare upon his church. And the first one is this unlikely re-beginnings, unlikely re-beginnings, unlikely re-beginnings. And as we go through this, I know 2020 has been a little bit difficult for some people. You might be thinking, oh, yeah, but um, I really believe that when we actually look back on January 2022, you'll actually say, you know what Dave said? That stuff actually happened. Um, so I really feel a pressing from the Holy Spirit that God actually wants to, to actually do some things. Unlikely re-beginnings. Um, most of you would have seen um, our beautiful children, Kayla and Jackson. And um, if you were to ask them... Um, and if they were honest in their response, if you were to ask them, is there any other name that you know your dad by, by other than dad, they would actually come up with a couple of names. The most, um, one that would almost just like, just slip out of their mouth without them even thinking, is that they would say, oh yeah, he's the big bold guy. The big, almost every single day they call me, oh, the big bold guy. I don't know if that's disrespectful or not. I don't know, but the big bold guy. In fact, I know Kayla, she loves to, whenever I'm sitting on the lounge, she likes to just jump up on the lounge and get behind me and she just plays my head like a drum. She goes on my head. She does that. What they really love in summer is that um, we have to put sunscreen on. Um, Then you'll know, oh, even Dave, you know, like people with hair, you don't have this problem. But if you were bald, you know that in summer you need to put sunscreen on everywhere, including your head. Isn't that right? So what happens with Kayla and Jackson is that they go and they get the sunscreen and then one of them grabs my head and pulls it down right? And then they actually get the sunscreen and they rub all over my, they love doing that. And, and they do that all the time. So disrespectful. I mean, this generation, I mean, what, when I was a kid, <laughs> um, but there's a, there, there's a couple of names. And another name, which I wish they would call me more often is the boss daddy. Um, coming from another kid's film, the boss babies. Anyone watch that? You obviously don't have young kids. <laughs> That's my world, kids movies. Um, but there is one name that they don't say, but I say. And they know as soon as I say that means something. In fact, as soon as I release these words out of my mouth, they will run to whatever they see as most precious. And they go into protection mode straight away every single time. And those um, couple of words is this, the bin man. The bin man. I even got a little song. I said, this in a bin and this in a bin. Now I'm going to go through this in a bin. And as soon as I do that, they laugh ugly, but they sprint to whatever they see as most valuable because they know they, um, daddy is on the path right now and he's going to throw everything in the bin because my personality type is if we haven't used it in the last couple of months, if, we have, if it's just been lying there, my, my rationale is if we haven't used it last three months, last two months, we obviously don't need it. So if we don't need it, guess where it belongs? It belongs in the bin. Can I get an amen? from anyone 
Yeah, it doesn't belong in your room, it doesn't belong on the floor, it doesn't belong in your desk, Kayla. In fact, that belongs in the bin. And as soon as I go on that, they're running around and I pretend to throw things in the bin, they bring it out. And, um, but they, I don't know, I don't know if they love it or whatever, but I'm this guy, I'm caught in this consumer-saturated world that says, if in doubt, throw it out. And um, things that are of no use to me, things that are old, or even worse, if I go a little bit deeper, if I go a little bit deeper, not only things that are of no use to me, I have this mindset, if things have disappointed me and if things have hurt me, I tend to say, I do not even want to see that again. I want to throw that sucker in the bin. Is anyone else like that? That's just my personality. And I think that a lot of people are like that. In fact, I have heard and I've seen and I agree to some extent with the sentiment that a lot of people have uh, memed and, and put on um, Instagram and Facebook and they were talking about 2020. They said, 2020, don't let the door kick you on the backside on the way out. We never want to see you again. Have you seen anything like that? That's the sentiment we kind of have um, when it comes to life. Don't let the door kick you on the way out. The problem I have... And the problem I have with the Lord, all right, and it seems a bit bad to have this problem, um, is that God seems to have a different perspective on life than what I do. Because I like to be the bin man. I like to get rid of things that have disappointed me. I like to get rid of things that are of no use to me. I like to get rid of things that have hurt me. But God seems to have a different perspective on life and it is so irritatingly annoying to me. God seems to have this uh, mindset that he will not waste a thing and he will not waste a single experience. He seems to have this mindset of saying, I will use everything that has actually come into your life. Have you experienced that with the Lord? Sometimes I wish God would just agree with me. Sometimes I wish God was up in heaven and say, you know what, Dave? I actually agree with you. I mean, your perspective, I thought this, but come to think of it, you're right, Dave. Like, we'll go with your perspective. He never does that. <laughs> never does that. Oh, my goodness. God has this ongoing, irritatingly persistent insistence throughout his journey with his people of reusing what seems to be unusable, what seems to be dirty and worthy of being thrown in the bin and discarded. I mean, how many times through Israel's scriptures has, has God said that he is going to use something that was almost completely snuffed out? How many times has he done that? In fact, the hope of the world was birthed through this weak, insignificant, unlikely people group whose name was Israel. And there was nothing significant about Israel. In fact, Israel has a history of messing things up over and over and over again. There was one point in Israel's history, there was one moment which is absolute the pinnacle where, where people from all the nations, the rulers of other nations are coming to them and there's, there's godly stewardship, there's wisdom and like King Solomon's over there. There's one moment, this one little peak in Israel scripture where they seem to be actually doing what God wanted to do but directly after that it went downhill really really fast but Israel has this history of continually disappointing of continually messing things up over and over and over again and as you look at that you would honestly look at it and you'd say you know what that is useless that is no good they were given so much and they completely destroyed it there's nothing there but God looks at Israel and God looks at what Israel has done over history and he looks at it and he says you know what I can still use that. In fact, it was only a couple of Fridays ago that we actually celebrated God actually doing this with the birth of Messiah, right? Now that wasn't like, that's a significant moment, right? But if you look at God's plan and his strategy, it doesn't look that uh, masterful at all. Listen to these words from Isaiah 11 verse 1 when God's talking about how he is going to bring about the hope of the world. Out of the stump, everyone say stump. 
Stump. I don't like stumps. You know, stumps are annoying. They're in the way. But, but God says, out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not, he, he will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. He will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. The earth will share in the force of his word, and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. I mean, something good. That sounds great, the end of that. But the beginning of it says, I'm actually going to use a stump. You know what a stump presupposes? That there was a tree that was there, and the tree was destroyed, right? That's what happens. You cut, down a, you cut down a tree or a fire comes and knocks that tree over, you're left with a stump. And God says, there's only a stump, but out of that stump's going to come a little shoot. And you say, a little shoot? That means nothing to me, but the shoot is going to bring forth a branch, which is going to bring forth fruit. God says, I'm going to bring something new out of something old. And that is the way that God works over and over and over again. And I wish he didn't have that strategy because so often I found in my life and in my ministry, so often it looks like things are almost come down to the stump. It's like, God, what are you doing? And God says, no, that's part of the plan. That's part of the strategy because out of the stump comes a shoot. Out of the shoot comes the branch. Out of the branch comes the fruit. I'm making something new out of something old. He does that all the time. Um, all the time. But we live in a culture that discards the old, you know, discards the old. We live in a culture that has a perfectly working phone and yet we will line up like for 12 hours because there's a new upgrade of a phone that's coming when we have a perfectly working phone. We are the first generation to do that actually. But this is the culture in which we are in. We want to discard the old straight away. It's almost like fish swimming in water. They don't even realize the water's there, but we live in this culture like that. God doesn't work that way. God renews the old in order to bring forth something new. And this is how God seems to work over and over again in his relationship with his people. And this is actually how this movie works, if we've been paying attention. Has anyone watched the first Mary Poppins? Back, I think it was in 1964. I mean, if, uh, I think that's just part of being a kid. You just grow up on Mary Poppins, isn't it? Mary Poppins. If you notice, Mary Poppins Return, um, the, the recent movie, actually picks up where the first movie um, leaves off. Um, and the first movie actually ends with the kite. In fact, the song, Let's Go Fly a Kite. Remember that song? Let's Go Fly a Kite. Well, in this movie, you'll probably um, recognize that Michael, who's now decades older, he's now an adult, he actually finds that exact same kite. And um, I wonder if you remember what Michael actually said about this kite, because this kite is now all, it's old, obviously, it's a couple of decades older. It's got holes in it, it's worn out, it seems to be absolutely useless. But Michael actually makes this comment about this kite. He says this, well, it won't fly anymore. Out it goes, no looking back. Well, it turns out that that kite that flew decades ago, it still has a bit of flight left in it. As soon as it gets out of the attic, for decades, it's been in the attic, right? But as soon as that thing gets out of the attic, it gets caught up again, isn't it? That instrument that was so effective decades earlier is still taken up by the wind once it gets outside. The catalyst of transformation that transformed not Michael's heart, but Michael's father, George Banks' heart, George Banks in the first movie, they cut that it was the catalyst of transformation and bringing new life to George Banks. Turns out that that same kite still has a bit of fight in it. 
That same kite still has a bit of kick in it. That same kite still has a little bit of flight in it as long as it gets out of the attic. It gets caught up by the wind and it is off again. And it seems to me as I'm looking at this, and I think these moves are so well put together. As I'm looking at this, it seems that that old, worn out green kite that's been hidden in the attic for decades, it is that kite that begins a new story. But more than that, more than that, it's a kite that was used decades ago. It begins a new story, but it begins a new story for a brand new generation because it's a kite that's not just going to impact Michael and Jane, but it's actually going to impact the life of these three beautiful kids. It is an unlikely re-beginning, an unlikely re-beginning. And like I said, I'm going to use this movie for illustration, but that is exactly, that is precisely how the Lord works because all of us go through life and we may have had dreams or skills or things we've done in the past or ideas we've had in the past and life happens, right? Life happens and we hide that stuff away. You may not have an attic, but you certainly buried it somewhere. And the thing that the Lord wants all of us to know is that all of that stuff still has some fight in it. That stuff still has some kick in it. That stuff is still usable as long as it comes out of hiddenness and comes out to the outside and it can be lifted by the wind of the Holy Spirit and it'll actually create something brand new for a new generation. I wonder what is in your attic this morning. And like I said, this may come across as like a kid's little movie message, make no mistake, the Lord has pressed something to actually communicate. There are things that have been placed in addicts, things that you sort of may think that is not usable anymore, that is not useful anymore, that disappointed me, that hurt me. And God is saying, if you will actually bring that stuff out of the addict, the wind of the Holy Spirit will pick that up and you see what will happen. And it's harder right now in the second week of January to say, oh, yeah, Dave, I believe that, I know that. Mark my words, you come to me in 52 weeks' time. And see what the Lord does. See what the Lord does. <laughs> Is there anything in the attic that belongs? Because the Lord will not waste a season. He will not waste an experience. He will not waste a skill. He will not waste a dream. He will not even waste a 2020. That's my God. Sometimes I think he does. We all put things in the attic, but God will make a way of these old, worn-out things to come back to the open, unlikely re-beginnings. Are you okay with that one? Second thing which I feel the Lord wants to say is, off we go, off we go. Let's check out this video and we're going to speak into off we go. Mother always had us take our baths in the evening. Well, in my experience, Annabelle, the perfect time of day to have a bath is when one needs a wash. Georgie, you will go first. We are perfectly capable of drawing our own baths. How oh, very helpful, John. In that case, you may turn off the tap. But not quite yet. Still need to put in the bubbles. But I don't like soap bubbles. Well, then you shall have to try to avoid them at all costs. She's a tough nut, isn't she? All right, then. But we'll have to get this done quickly. Right. We still have to get down to the grocers. And it looks as though it might rain. I know who you should ask. <sighs> Her umbrella can't talk, Georgie. The very idea. How do you know it can't? Because it can't. The very notion is ridiculous. Exactly right, Annabelle. It's nonsense. Foolishness. It makes no sense. And if it makes no sense, it can't be true. John, you're right. It's good to know you're bright. For intellect can wash away confusion. George sees and Annabelle agrees. Most folderols an optical illusion. You three know it's true that one plus one is two. Yes, logic is the rock of our foundation. 
I suspect, and I'm never incorrect, that you're far too old to give in to imagination. No, not yet. Some people like to splash and play. Can you imagine that? And take a seaside holiday. Can you imagine that? Much glee leaves rings around the brain. Take that joy and send it down the drain. Some people like to laugh at life and giggle through the day. They think the world's a brand new shiny toy. And if while dreaming in the clouds they fall and go casplat, although they're down and bent in half, they brush right off and start to laugh. Can you imagine that? Perhaps you're right. It makes no sense to take a bath this early. Wait! I want to take a bath. Oh, really? Very well then. <laughs> Up you go. And in you go. Jan! <laughs> what happened? Will I be alright? Well, it is just a bath after all, but then again, it's not my tub. Shouldn't you go in after them? Oh no, I had my bath this morning. Thank you. Well, if you won't, I will! <laughs> Maps and wear a silly hat. They search the world for buried gold. They won't grow up and don't grow old. Can you imagine that? Be sure to scrub behind your ears. Them high above the blue. Yet 
some others, they're an anchor, and they sink in seconds flat. So, perhaps we've learnt when day is done, some stuff and nonsense could be fun! Can you That is such an annoyingly catchy song. Does anyone agree with that? Oh, my goodness. Um, when, a when Kayla finally found out I was doing Mary Poppins Return, guess what we have to keep on watching in the Rider House? And then, like, tonight I'm going to do The Lion King, so guess what else we've been watching in The Lion <laughs> Oh, anyway. Such an annoyingly catchy song. Um, one of the stanzas... Um, I was actually listening to it because you pay more attention when you're actually um, actually trying to trying to actually see what's happening in the story. One, one of the one of the stanzas actually says this: "Some people like to laugh at life and giggle through the day. They think the world's a brand a brand new shiny toy, and if while dreaming in the clouds they fall and go kersplat, although they're down and bent in half, they brush right off and start to laugh. Can you imagine that?" That is such an intriguing stanza. It's almost like Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins of all people. It's almost like she's singing about, I don't know, new creation. Could you imagine if Mary Poppins was a worship leader? <laughs> Some of you are thinking, oh my goodness, I can't believe that. And um, could you imagine Christian, a Christian or, or a church leading a chorus like that? Or Jesus kind of leading a chorus like that? It almost sounds like blasphemous, doesn't it? Can you imagine that? Well... Mark 1 verse 15, we, I know we went through a good portion of Mark last year. This is the first time where Jesus actually speaks and uses this word in Mark. But Mark 1 verse 15 says this, The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. Understand when Jesus comes onto the scene, he uses a word that we've somehow managed to actually hit onto all of this baggage which brings such a negativity but that word repent simply means to reimagine to rethink your life Jesus is saying in light of the good news in light of of the kingdom of God in light of everything which is about to break out into this world in light of God reigning in light of his kingdom being this close rethink your entire life Romans 12 verse 2, which is my life verse, says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, which is actually the wrong translation. The right translation should be, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this age, this present evil age. That's what Paul is talking about. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this age, but be transformed by the renewing or the reimagination of your mind that you may prove what is a good, acceptable and perfect will of God. It seems to me that Jesus and Paul and the rest of the New Testament is actually saying to us, in light of God's kingdom breaking in and breaking forth, we need to do some more reimagining. We need to do some rethinking. If you can rethink, if you can reimagine your family, your work environment, your church, wherever you are, if you can start rethinking and reimagining, what will this place look like if Jesus really truly is king? What would start to happen? What would the atmosphere be like? like what would the, the the perspective of people be like if we could actually start to see this world in that way and start moving that way that is called repentance does that make sense we went through this a lot last year so hopefully <laughs> sometimes i think oh dave you do these messages and no one remembers at all <laughs> but that's not actually what i want to talk about when it comes to this scene 
Um, as great as that is, I mean, reimagining. Um, there's a lot of things that need to be reimagined, isn't it? Uh, at, at the moment, one, one thing which I think is um, probably if I could offer some encouragement to parents. Sometimes we as Christians, we get a little bit superstitious and we look at films like, oh, like Mary Poppins, like, oh, that's a fantasy genre. We need to understand that there is an otherliness to Christianity. The Western modern world has tried to say that stuff doesn't exist, but you can't get away from it from the New Testament and even the Old Testament. There is this apocalyptic idea that there are principalities and there are powers in play. And what we see face to face, there are other things that are in play. So, so we can actually use different genres and actually um, identify that this is just the human heart identifying that there is an otherliness when it comes to this world. And we shouldn't be um, shutting that down. We should be talking about that. We should be talking truth. We should be talking gospel into that. You know what I'm saying? So, so that, that's what I think. Anyway, um, there is a defining moment in this movie that shapes the entire narrative um, and um, the direction for these three kids. And um, it's one simple line that is articulated by Mary Poppins. I wonder if you remember the moment. She sits on the end of the bathtub and she says three words with a really mischievous um, grin on her face. And those three words are, off we go. Off we go. And you know what? After that, man, they went, didn't they? <laughs> they really went. Turn to the person next to you and say, off we go. Off we go. Are you ready to go? Are you willing to go? Off we go. One thing I found um, when it comes to my observation of people is that most people don't move unless someone calls them on. Uh, most people are pretty happy just sitting and just being content. And I know a lot of people make excuses for why they haven't moved in the last 12 months. So they, they can make excuses why, for why they haven't progressed. But you need to understand something, that if we do not move forward, we move backwards. If we do not progress, we start to shrink. That There are only really two directions. And, and sometimes I, I think that there's a lot of excuses why we can say we haven't grown relationally, spiritually, socially, all of these different facets that make us who we are. There should be a broadening that happens and not a shrinking that happens. Happens. But I, I found and I have observed that, that for the most part, there are a lot of excuses that we can actually put forward, but there really is only one reason why the majority of people do not move forward. That is simply because someone has not loved them enough to step into their world and give them a cheeky grin, look them eyeball to eyeball and say, you know what? Off we go. Let's go. And if you, I mean, I've been here for a year now. And one thing you should have found out about me is that every single Sunday, I'm going to get in your face, right? In a loving way with a cheeky grin. Every single day, every single Sunday, I'm going to be trying to step on your toes and say, come on, off we go. We are the kingdom of God. We are people of God. We, 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 we live in a world with principalities and powers. They think they rule this place, but we are those who are temples of the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit upon us. You realize if you have the Holy Spirit on you, you have the fullness of God with you, on you, every Every single time and there are principalities and powers who think they rule the roost and we need to step out of the building and actually let them know that they're not in charge God is in charge and we are his covenantal people and we administer his covenantal reign in this world that is our job that is our job oh I think that's good but someone needs to actually come up to someone and say off we go I wish it wasn't like that Honestly, it would make my job so much more easier if there was a lot more initiative and people actually just went off by themselves. But it seems to me that every single one of us, myself included, I actually need people from time to time to step into my world, to step into my life and say, come on, Dave, you know we need to get going. 
Come on, Dave. You know there's more of what God wants us to see and more of what God wants us to do. Do you feel that in 2021? Okay. Paul, speaking in 1 Corinthians 11, says, Follow me, follow my example as I follow Christ. Um, I think something that hasn't just been my observation, but in the Western church, we have a lot of people who are waiting to be called on. But we need more people who are willing to love people and step into their space with a cheeky grin on their face and say, come on, off we go. Let's not die wondering. If the kingdom of God is real, if there is really a breaking forth that is happening, if new creation has really been pushed out into this world, well, let's go and see what the Lord will do in our life today. One thing which intrigues me at the moment is that you look at a lot of um, like Instagram posts and all that, and there's a lot of um, declarations and pictures saying, this is revival, and this is revival, and this is revival. And I'm looking at that stuff, I'm saying, dear Lord, if that's actually what revival looks like, I am bitterly disappointed. Because my expectations of God bringing revival and God bringing renewing and God bringing restoration is huge. It's expansive. I want to see families come together. I literally want to see addictions falling off people. I want to see marriages coming back together. I want to see young image bearers of God living in homes of safety and security. I want to see women who feel safe and I want to see men who live righteously. I want to see this community come back together, the fragments coming back together. I want to see shalom happen. I want to see true revival happen. But in order for that to happen, there needs to be an army of followers of Jesus Christ who stand up in local churches and look around with a beautiful cheeky grin with love in their heart, but the, the kingdom of God in their heart say, come on church, off we go. Let's do it. 2021, off we go. Like it or not, we are here and we are going. Off we go. Um, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> let's see what God will do. Third one. Third thing which I really feel like God wants to impress on our heart um, in 2021 is which door needs to open? Which door needs to open? Throughout this year, there will be a myriad of doors that you will come across and there will be a temptation to open and knock on different doors because you need to understand that when you come to a door, it promises something. It promises to open up into something. The question is, which door will open in 2021. And this is kind of when we actually get to the door, which we're talking about, I really feel like this is the door for a lot of people that God wants to open or maybe reopen in 2021 because it got stuck either in 2018, 2019, 2020. It may have got stuck in 2018, but it really got stuck in 2020. But God wants to open this door again. But in order for that to happen, we need to understand um, that there are a reason why things happen. I think movies are great in that they don't just tell you what happens in a person's life, but they tell you why. When it comes to day-to-day -day living, um, with our interactions with each other, we can see certain things. I look at people's lives, and um, I, I know um, last year, um, particularly down the hill, there were, there were a lot of things that happen in people's families and people's lives. And you can say, why are you doing that? You are destroying your marriage. You are destroying your, your, your family. And we're talking about Christians here. They're doing silly things. And I can see them doing these actions, and that's the what. But I don't get a glimpse into the why. And as um, followers of Jesus who have true compassion in this world, we need to do a bit of extra work to actually understand the why. And even in this movie, we're given a glimpse into the why. As to you look... Um, in this movie, and it seems like these three kids are acting like the adults, and the dad is just 
so absent-minded and he's all over the place. And if anything, he's acting like the child and the kids are acting like the adults. Why is this happening? Well, we get a bit of a glimpse as we listen um, to the dad as he articulates what has happened in his life to bring him to this moment. Let's look at this um, clip. spoken in so long dear this year has gone by in a blur today seems everything's gone wrong here I'm looking for the way things were I know you'd laugh and call me tragic for everything's in disarray these rooms were always full of magic that's vanished since you went away House is crowded now with questions. Your Johns a walking questionnaire. And I could surely use a few suggestions on how to brush our daughter's hair. When Georgie needed explanations, you always knew just what to say. And I miss our family conversations. It's silent since you went away. Winter has gone, but not from this room. Snow's left the lane, but the cherry trees forgot to bloom. A certificate. A certificate. <clears throat> I'll carry on the way you told me. Say that like I had a choice. And though you are not here to hold me, in the echoes I can hear your voice. But still one question fills my day, dear, the answer I've most longed to know. Each moment since you went away, dear, my question cases. Where'd you go? The heartbreak of life is that things die along the way. And our reaction to death lets us know that we have not actually been created to handle death. Maybe that's why we long for the fulfillment of this kingdom, why we long for new creation. And even the world who denies Jesus as king, they are still striving and driving for the kingdom, they want the kingdom without the king. That's our inlet to their story, by the way, because we actually believe and we are waiting for the fulfillment of the kingdom, but we have the king. They want the same kingdom, they just deny the king, you see. But things do die along the way. And over the last few years, maybe 2020 was a year where someone or something dear and important to you died and it's affected you because it wasn't supposed to be this way. That was not supposed to happen. I think sometimes for us, we're in this charismatic church and um, 
One thing that ironically we do not do well as charismatics, we do not lament, even though we have an entire book called Lamentations. But we are very, very keen. I don't think it's just the church. I think that it's the world in general. It's very easy for us to put our head in the sand or we put a mask on or we actually distract ourselves and we go from this place to that way so that we don't have to actually look at those disappointments and those things that have died along the way. And um, th th that's a really hard thing for all of us to actually engage with and actually journey through. Um, it's something which I definitely struggle with myself. And, and one thing which I have discovered, but it's ironic because I've discovered this, but I still don't seem to learn the lesson, is that when I need to go through a valley, when I need to go through a place that's dark, the Lord is actually right there. I know he's there, but I still don't want to venture in there. And maybe 2021 has started in the same manner that Michael starts his story in this movie when he says, winter has gone, but not from this room. Snows left the lane, but the cherry trees forgot to bloom. Throughout Scripture, God is very, very clear as to what he thinks about those who are brokenhearted. His, his word is very, very clear. There is no gray. There is no ambiguity when it comes to this facet of God's character. Psalm 34, verse 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. But one thing I know, and I don't need to go to any anecdote, I don't even need to go to any scripture, and I wonder if this um, honesty from myself actually resonates with you. I have discovered that brokenness is an exceptionally lonely place, especially when you're surrounded by people. And I dare say, especially when you're supposed to be a senior pastor. Dave, aren't you supposed to have all the answers? Wait a minute, I'm a human. <laughs> Cut me and I bleed, you know. None of us are actually immune or none of us actually get a pass from this. And the, the thing which I know, um, but, but again, it's, it's, a hard, it's sometimes hard for me to walk into. I know that there is only one, uh, one answer for brokenness and that is healing. And there's only one person where healing comes from and that is from the healer, that is Jesus. And the thing which I find so irritating about the Lord is that he does things very, very, very slowly because he's very thorough. If you've ever had an operation, if you've ever had to have something taken out of you, I bet you none of us go to the doctor, none of us go to the surgeon and say, you know what, I need to be here in half an hour. I've got actually an appointment in half an hour. Now, if you can knock me out and actually get the sucker out in the next 10 minutes, that'd be great because stitch me back up. That means I can actually come back awake and walk out. I can get out of there. I could possibly make my appointment. So if you could be quick, that'd be awesome. We never say that. We say to the doctor, I don't care how long you take, make sure you're thorough. Get it all out, don't we? And that's the way the Lord operates. And because God is so slow in the process, it means that this journey through brokenness requires so much patience. And that's why we actually need the family to be around us. That's why we need to make sure that we do not forsake the family. We do not forsake the assembly of ourselves together as some are in the habit of doing. There are all sorts of reasons why we abandon places, why we abandon families, why we abandon churches. And none of them is biblical because we need to understand that if we are brothers and sisters in Christ, we are brothers and sisters for eternity. For eternity. This is just the starting point. You know what I'm saying? It's a process that opens the door. I wonder which door um, needs to be opened. Here's the second last video. How about you have a look at this and we'll start speaking into that last door. 
are you two whispering about? Nothing. Nothing. Such a useful word, isn't it? It can mean anything and everything. It's just that... You don't require the services of a nanny. Well, we have grown up a good deal in the past year, after all. Yes. Well, we'll have to see what can be done about that. That was our mother's be careful. I am always careful. So you're staying? Yes, I'll stay. Until the door opens. What does that mean? That door's always opening. Oh, not that door. Another one. The bathroom door. That's just silly, Georgie. Not the bathroom door. Nope, but a bath would prove useful. Come along. Time for a good, clean start. Well, in typical Mary Poppins fashion, she's not staying permanently. In this case, in this movie, she is only staying until the door opens. And the question, of course, which uh, the kids um, just say straight away is, well, which door? Because when she says, until the door opens, it seems to be such an ambiguous, odd statement. Yes, I'll stay until the door opens. And that's a really important question, which door? Because the entirety of this movie actually hinges on that door opening. And I think that this year, 2021, actually hinges in a large part for a lot, a lot of people in our church and in our churches, I would dare say, about this door reopening on people's life. Because there are a lot of doors that will actually come to us this year. The question is, which door will it be? And as I said before, this is a door which exists. It's not like you need to pray it into existence. It already exists, but it may be closed or it may be stuck. But um, let's look at this last um, video and then I'm going to talk about this last um, door or this door that God wants to open in 2021. Let's have a look at this. <laughs> of course, the grown-ups will all forget by tomorrow. They always do. Only one balloon left, Mary Poppins. I think it must be yours. Yes, I suppose it must. Practically perfect in every way. Welcome home, everyone. It's nice to be back, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's so nice. Yeah. I never thought I'd feel this much joy and wonder ever again. I thought that door was closed to me forever. what Michael said. I never thought I'd feel this much joy and wonder ever again. I thought that door was closed on me forever. It's the door of joy. 
It's the door of joy. And in particular for um, our beautiful church, Kalamunda, I really feel that this is a year where the door of joy will open once again. And it's not like the door, you have to pray it into existence because doors are doors. I mean, we've got some doors here. There's a door there, there's a door up there, there's a door there, there's a door behind over there. Doors are existing already. But doors do get stuck and doors do get closed. But this year in 2021, there is going to be a restoration of the joy and the wonder into this church. And God has spoken that and God wants to actually cause that to happen, not just corporately, but also individually. He wants to restore joy in this place. Galatians 5 verse 22 says this, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Understand the fruit is singular. It's one fruit. In our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. The thing to remember and understand is as a follower of Jesus Christ, you already have this fruit, which means you've already got this joy. The problem is you can possess something and not experience what you possess. You know what I'm saying? So you can have a joy inside of your heart. You can have a joy that's kind of locked up somewhere. And it's not like you're praying, joy, God, I need joy in my life. You've actually got it. But there's actually an experience, an expression of joy that actually has to come around full circle again. And yes, there are things that have not just happened last year, but in my conversations and discernments, there have been things that have happened over the last few years that have actually caused this door to close. But this year, 2021, the Lord is coming just like in that film. That whole film hinges on that door opening. Out of nowhere, opening, wind comes, blows the door open. Well, God is actually going to open up that door in your life and also in my life. Joy is never absent, but our experience of this is something which the Lord wants to actually bring back to Cullamunda Church of Christ. And I understand and I recognize that we as followers of Jesus Christ, we are not immune to hardship. We are not immune to trial or suffering. In fact, we are to pick up our cross and follow Jesus Christ. So following Jesus and suffering go hand in hand, yet we do do not experience hardship and trial and suffering as the rest of the world. We experience it differently because we still have joy. But we need to understand and recognize also, as I've already mentioned, that there are principalities and there are powers in play that try to bully us and try to dictate who, where and when we can rejoice, who, where and when, where, those places where we can actually experience joy. And we need to actually be those where we rejoice in the Lord always. And God is going to restore joy into your heart. He's going to restore joy into this church in 2021. And even if you don't believe that, can anyone by faith say, I believe that to be so. Amen. So quite possibly 2021 is going to be a year where you join with the psalmist, a year where you must pray just like the psalmist says, and he says, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. The joy of your salvation. Did you get that? It's a focus because sometimes we think, God, you need to restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Now, if you're looking to yourself for something, you ain't going to get it, right? But if we actually have our orientation and a posture before the Lord, restore unto me the joy of your salvation, you're going to actually see that door start to open and actually this flooding of the fruit, the manifestation of that fruit of the Holy Spirit coming and actually birthing something brand new in your heart, in your life, in your family. And let me tell you, it is something to actually live in this world and not have joy. The joy of the Lord is supposed to be our strength. If we don't have any strength, guess what? We are going to be feeling weak all the time. So that's what I really feel. But whilst you are praying this, and whilst I am praying this as well, by the way, I am not exempt from any of this. There's a couple of encouragements before we close. The first encouragement is this, be the church. Be the church. 
be the church. Last year we went through Ephesians. We, are, we learned that Ephesians has one exhortation. Paul says everything in chapters 1, 2, and 3 in order to say one verse in chapter 4. Live a life worthy of the call, for you've been called by God. That's the one exhortation Paul says. I'm begging with you. I'm pleading with you. Live a life worthy of the call. But what's the call? The call is to be the church. Be the church. Be the church. Does our calendar, does our relationships, does our investment of our resources actually accuse us of being the church, of being followers of Jesus Christ? It amazes me. I'm still waiting for people. Not here. I'm waiting for people down, down the hill. I'm still waiting for people. COVID isolation finished months ago. I'm still waiting for them to return to the family. You know, I know every single week, our mum, my mum, on Thursday night, there's a family meal. We're expected to go to the family meal, right? Every single Sunday, we have at least one family meal, don't we? You know, nine o'clock here, number 20, Malinty Road, Desmond, right over here. This is a family meal. There's an expectation when it comes to the family. Come and have a, come and have a feast. Be the church. Go out um, in weekly gatherings and all that. Second thing, audit the voices that you're listening to. Audit, make an audit of the voices you're listening to. I had a few conversations and a few coffees with um, um, younger people actually last year. And they said to me, I've made a decision to actually stop listening to certain things. And I'm only going to start listening to this. Um, I remember a conversation with Blake, actually. Um, he was actually saying, I'm going to stop, I've actually stopped listening to this type of music and I'm just listening to Christian music. And he said, Dave, it is incredible the change it has made in my life. I feel like full of life and it's lifted and all that. The great thing about 2021 is that there is great Christian music right now. When I was growing up, the Christian music sucked. <laughs> you know, but now there's great Christian music, but make an audit of what's going into your ears and your music and television, your preachers. Make an audit of who you're listening to because there's a whole lot of preaching and a whole lot of stuff out there. Some of it's good. A lot of it isn't. A lot of it's not going to be beneficial. Make sure that number one, like your, 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 your main diet's coming from your church. But then if you want to know some other preachers to listen to, come and ask. I'll send you to some good um, preachers. But make sure that when you're listening to preachers, they're actually talking about the gospel. They know what the gospel is. What is the gospel? The gospel is announcement of Jesus the King, which implies a kingdom. What, is, what does it mean to be a Christian? Our allegiance is to that kingdom. Our allegiance is not to this world or the Caesars of this world. Our allegiance is to Jesus the King and his kingdom. That's pretty simple, but... Recent history has shown us how many Christians around the world have got that completely messed up and are completely deceived. Um, third one, audit the relationships of your life. Birds of a feather do flock together. And the people in your life will certainly come into your world and say, off we go. But it amazes me that um, there's actually a, a, a few incidents I know of and they, there's been some relationships that have not been beneficial and they've said, off we go. And the result of that has actually been the destruction of their marriage because they're simply hanging out with the wrong people. So make an audit of the people in your life. Make sure they love the Lord, that they've got a faith. That they, of course, we've got like unchurched people in our life, but the key relationships that you're actually nurturing that, that you're part of your home group, that you're loving people. And you know what I'm saying? Make sure that they are a priority because birds of a feather really do flock together. And suddenly we can actually move to relationships that move us away from Jesus and sometimes even move us away from our family. So make sure that you are doing that. Make an audit of that. And the, probably the number one thing before I do close up, um, is this year 2021 can I really encourage all of us myself included let's not use Jesus this year and by that I mean 
Jesus is not a genie who lives in the Bible. Well, you open up your Bible and you use Jesus to get this and to get that and to get this. God, I need my breakthrough. God, I need my blessing. Now, breakthrough and blessing will happen. But I don't want to be using Jesus for that. I just want to commune with him. I just want to be with him. I just want to know him. There is a sound I love to hear, the sound of my Savior's robe as he walks into the room. Have you ever experienced that? Man, I have. That's incredible. I remember um, a couple of times last year, I was just so, um, I was dry. Uh, not, not dry because I wasn't spending time with the Lord, dry because I just poured everything out. And um, I'm just there and I remember walking the streets of, of Thornley at night. I'm just like praying and all that. And all of a sudden, I just feel something shift and something change. And all of a sudden, the Lord is walking beside me. It's like, oh my goodness. In moments like that, have you ever smelt his fragrance? It's incredible when he enters into the room. And the beautiful thing about this is that it is so, so simple to enter into the presence of the Lord. Some people think, oh, that's for you spiritual people. Guess what? To my mind, the most unspiritual person in this room is myself because I know me. But I tell you what, I pray a simple prayer. Holy Spirit, lead me into your presence. Holy Spirit, show me Jesus. And that simple prayer it is incredible how short a time it is and the presence of the Lord is here and I can smell him and he talks to me and all that. But this year, cultivate that. Be with him. Be close to him. Don't have a mindset of wanting to use him, but have a mindset and an aspiration, Lord, I just want to be with you in 2021. Is that okay? All right. Has Mary Poppins taught you anything today? Let me pray for you and then we can um, drink some coffee and be the church out in the foyer. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, for your kindness. I thank you for a brilliant opportunity having our beautiful children with us, Lord, that's allowed us to shape this message in a different way. And I pray that you've spoken to us. I ask that those things that you've impressed on my heart, that they are being impressed upon this church. Those things of unlikely re-beginnings, that there are things that you want to start again this year. That there are things that may appear to be of no use. Those things that may have even hurt us. Those things that we want to just discard, but you will use those things in a brand new way for a brand new generation, Lord. Father, I ask that, that you would actually cause this door of joy to actually open up in the hearts and the families of this beautiful church. That, that we would actually see your Holy Spirit just come and burst forth and, and, and actually just blow through every single part of our life and bring a renewal and bring a restoration, Father God. And Father, I pray that there will be just... A, 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 a new desire in all of our hearts to love people, to step into the world, to step into their families, to step into their life, especially the men of this church, Lord, to step into the lives of other men and have that lovingly cheeky grin on their face and say, off we go. Let's see what the Lord will do this year. Let's see how he's equipped us this year. Let's see what damage we can do to this present evil age this year and how we can break forth and push forth new creation into 2021. Holy Spirit, I pray you would lead us, that you would guide us this year and that we would see things that even leave us completely astonished because you have moved and you've used your church in the city of Kalamunda, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.